Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Poth. This is season two, episode 35. And if you're just joining in, thank you for tuning in today. And if you have been listening, thank you for coming back. Anybody who's newer to my podcast, I've been recording my podcast since September of 2019. And uh, just a weekly, at least I try to be weekly. Uh, sometimes I've done two, but consistent once a week about a lot of different topics, artificial intelligence, professional development, uh, what else? Augmented virtual reality, clubhouse learning, anyone? Uh, that's another one that has been new. How to make learning more interactive, some hybrid ideas, fully virtual ideas, tools for anywhere learning, self-care, wellness, finding balance, big mix of topics. It just ends up being whatever's on my mind, actually. And um, one thing that is on my mind today, and it came up from uh, a conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago, actually, somebody had asked me about digital portfolios. And I shared with them how years ago in my Spanish classes, my Spanish three and four classes, I helped students to, and actually, I guess in my Spanish too, I did for a while as well, help them to create their own Google site where they could put their Spanish project links, but also that they could kind of keep track of some of the work that they had been doing throughout their high school experience so that whenever they graduated, even if they still were not taking Spanish, that they had something that they could share with if they were applying for college or for a job or whatever to show work that they had done, their experiences. And I just wanted to help them kind of create that space. So that's what I first recommended years ago. And the reason that I, I went with the Google sites is because at the time I was working on my master's degree in educational technology, instructional technology at Duquesne University here in Pittsburgh. And at the end of the coursework, throughout the coursework, but at the end, we had to have a portfolio. That was unbelievably intense. There was so much information, so many pages and links and projects that I couldn't believe how much I had done over that time. But being able to have it all within that one space that I could then use to share from then up until today, being able to say to somebody, yeah, this is what I studied, or here's an example of a project that I did, especially when it comes to technology integration, for example. So that's where I got the idea from, designing my own. And then I thought, you know, it might be kind of a good idea because prior to that, the only experience that I had creating a portfolio was my student teaching. And I used a photo album and had papers and worksheets and pictures, student work examples in there. And I still have it. It's well preserved, but uh, that was the only one that I had. So I decided maybe I could do something a little bit differently with my students. And the other part of it was that they were working on a project to create a travel agency and Wikisites, I think that's what it is, Wikispaces, not Wikisites, Wikispaces, no edit on that one, was around and that was something else that we used. And then I had them move to the Google sites instead because of all that they could do with it. So um, anyway, what I realized was that they needed to have some opportunities to create together and experience what it's like to look at your work to find some examples, some artifacts, a place there, a place on your site or wherever it is that other people could look at, that they could use to get to know you, to ask you some questions, to see some evidence of what you have learned throughout your high school learning journey. If it's for high school or for any, I mean, for teachers now can keep a portfolio as well to track their growth over time. I also had to do one for becoming ISTE certified last year 
And that was another big process, but it was really good to be able to see where I started when I started to bring technology to my classroom and how I've grown and how much more I still have to grow. So there are a lot of benefits to portfolios. And for us as educators, it's important that we help our students to build these skills in our classes and over time and help them to focus on the learning process, not so much focused on the grade or the points or the end product, whatever that might be. And so be, before we dive into you know, full, what, where can I use or what can I use, I should say, for digital portfolios, it's like, what's the purpose? And the purpose is giving students or ourselves a space to kind of build this narrative of the work we have done, the work we're doing. And using digital tools to do that enables us to share it with other people, to keep track of it, to add to it, um, to find things whenever you need them. And then, of course, be able to share it with whoever, classmates, teachers, family members, school community, workplace, college admissions, you name it. And as we help them to build these skills, they will become more confident in their learning because they'll be able to see their growth over time. They'll also develop those vital social emotional learning skills, specifically self-awareness as they're looking at and assessing their skills, setting new goals, uh, also being able to see their evidence of the work that they have done. And then hopefully, ideally, that helps them to shift to that whole process of learning to see where they started, where they are now, where they might still need to go, to become reflective, which is also something we need to help students to develop as well as continuing to develop that ourselves. But as we do this, we can guide students as they prepare their work, their portfolios, and then engage them in conversa conversations and help them to self-assess and also to engage peers in kind of assessing one another. And when we have these portfolios, what I've noticed, and I'm not an expert, but just in my experiences, I noticed that it does really kind of promote this culture of learning because all students are involved. They're creating their space. They're preparing their work. They're sharing it with their peers. They're thinking about what they created, how they did, and then they're asking each other and us for feedback. And with these experiences, they will become more aware of their interests and skill sets. Um, they'll have really authentic examples of the work that they've done, the learning that has taken place. And then it can help them maybe as they're thinking about their next steps after high school. So how do we create these spaces? Because as I mentioned, I had Wikispaces and then changed to Google Sites. And maybe you don't want to or, or can't in some cases use something that's like a big platform. But there are a lot of options out there, and the idea is just having one space where students, where you can kind of curate examples of your work, whether it's an image, maybe it's a video, maybe it's a link, uh, screenshots, anything that you can show like the process of learning. One that I really like, and I talk about it all the time, is Buncee, because Buncee can seriously be used for everything, and I have used it probably not for everything yet, because there are a lot of ideas out there that I haven't discovered. Uh, but I, I know that there are so many ways other educators and students are using it. But when we use a tool like Buncee, it can be multimedia. So you could record just audio talking about an image of a project that was done or a document that you've uploaded into it, recording a video to explain something in the process to talk about learning, adding in links to other websites or projects that we or our students have done. And then if teachers have all the student portfolios together, it can be a great way to add them all to a Buncee board so classmates can see each other's work, 
families, um, if that's okay, can see the work of students as well. So it really does help to inform everyone and just makes it more of a learning community. Another one that I used uh, for years was Kidlog for blogging. And that was good for, especially if you're helping students to develop their writing and communication skills as a language teacher, having a space where students can just feel free to write, free write on different topics, to be creative in a way that's comfortable, even if it's just asking a question of the day or asking them to think about activities that they've done in class or to use the vocabulary. But you can have students engage in giving fear feedback or posting comments. And we as teachers can engage in that feedback process, that feedback loop with them as well. So even though it's essentially a blogging platform, it also serves to be a great portfolio option. Um, Padlet is another one that I use for a lot of reasons. And for many years, I used it just to curate some of my different projects from student classes, for example, like class, I don't know, Spanish one, period seven, and all of their projects were on the same Padlet, made it easier to do presentations. It was easy for me to remember the bit.ly that I created with it to find. And so that was easy for me to access and to share with students, but also really good for sharing everybody's work and learning in one place. But you can also add in some different options, again, like audio or video, embed some links to other projects or upload an image or a document, connect things with the different layouts that are available. So I really do like that one as well. And with the ones that I've mentioned, I mean, they offer free and paid, of course. And then the final one that I'll mention today is one that I learned about uh, about a couple of months ago, and that is Spaces. And Spaces is a digital portfolio platform that offers three different spaces that can be used based on class or group or individual. And it is something that students and teachers uh, and even families can kind of work together, collaborate in a learning experience. What students can do is upload different media, as I've mentioned, the audio, some video, some pictures. It could be text that's added into it. It might be another link to something, some other work that they have done. But it serves as a good way to keep that documentation uh, demonstration, however you want to call it, of the learning that has happened. And students can just record their own thoughts as they reflect and think about what they're learning and go back to it, review it, see their work, and then continue planning forward. So those are just a few of those options. But I think the benefits are that it also promotes creativity because students can decide how to create their portfolio, the different layouts, the different options that they can add into it. It gives them more ownership in their learning experience. They'll also build those social emotional learning skills, specifically self-awareness, uh, self-management comes in, even with decision-making, because thinking about what to include in their portfolio, building relationships, asking for feedback from their classmates, for example. And then for educators, it's a good way that we can look at student work, give feedback, understand where they are in learning uh, strengths and what their needs might be. Also, and I don't know how I forgot this, digital citizenship is another big one too. As students are creating and sharing their learning, building their online presence, that is also very important. It's something that we all need to do in our classrooms, regardless of the grade level or content area that we teach. And so depending on which of these tools, and there are others out there, but I mentioned the Buncee, the Kid Blog, the Padlet, and Spaces, trying to think of four different ones. And I put them in alphabetical order also. Uh, but 
I fancy I really like just because you could use it for so many things too. So it's not unlikely to start with that one. But depending on which tool you use, you know, you can use them in different ways. But you can also track growth across multiple years or in multiple classes in the same school year. It's just a way to help students to be accountable for their work, to be reflective in their practice, to create their own space, and uh, focus hopefully more on the process of learning and the growth that they're making and setting some new goals as they move forward. So those are my ideas for this episode today. I... Thank you for listening to my ideas for your digital portfolios or creating a learning journey, I guess I could call it, and would love to hear what yours are. What are your favorite tools for having students do digital portfolios or something similar to what the purpose is for a digital portfolio? And send me a message on Twitter, R-D-E-N-E-915. Would love to have you join my Facebook community, Thrive in EDU. We go live on Mondays and Fridays, uh, also on Clubhouse. Have a lot of conversations happening Saturdays and Sundays, on Wednesdays, um, on Thursdays, we do Ed Camp Clubhouse as well at 7 p.m. Eastern. So lots of places to connect and have a conversation. So I hope you will join in. Thank you again for listening, and I will catch you the next time.